Hello, LinkedIn and Facebook and now YouTube. Happy New Year. My name is Fanny Dunnigan and I want to welcome you to season two of the Fanny Dunnigan Show. <laughs> so welcome. Thank you for joining me today. For those of you that don't know me, um, I'm Fanny Dunnigan and every week I am going to come to you with amazing guests and this year we are we are going to talk about creativity. Um, creativity is a skill that I think is very unique to every person. I think it's something that will never be replaced. And I've always wanted to explore the topic of creativity in a lot more detail. So over 2021, I'm going to talk all about creativity and how people create products and services and all kinds of cool things and what sparks their creative creativity and how they get ideas and all sorts of things like that across different industries, different services, different products. So I hope you'll join me this year every Thursday at 4 p.m. Central as I talk to guests about how they create. So welcome everyone, happy new year. I am so excited for this new season. And for those of you in the comments, let's see who is here. Welcome, welcome, Yolanda. Oh, you're always there. I'm so appreciate your support. Yolanda from Cloudy Frisco. Yes, it's a cloudy day in DFW. Welcome Yolanda. And uh, for those of you that see her in the comments, we have Anne Small. She is joining me this year as the community manager for my show. So she will help engage with the audience and um, tag folks that are being mentioned. And so please engage with her, connect with her. She's an amazing resource. And um, please join me in welcoming Anne in the comments below. So. I want to remind everyone to please kind of take the time to share with people in the comments, because it is a community in the comments, and feel free to meet other people, introduce yourself, tell people what your specialty is, what your expertise is, and connect with people. I want to challenge each one of you to connect with three new people in the comments and build your network from here. After all, if you've heard the quote before, your net worth is equivalent to your network. So spend the time to meet people in the comments and maybe you'll meet somebody new and create some new connections and collaborations. And I will continue my theme of doing a content tip of the week. As you know, I'm super passionate about content creation and videos and branding yourself, especially on LinkedIn. So this week's content tip of the week is all around collaboration. A lot of times people tell me they don't want to get on video alone and they feel nervous or they're not sure how to interact. And one of the secrets to that is to start with collaboration. You don't have to be alone. Do interviews, uh, feature people that you respect, feature your partners, your collaborators, your vendors, your teammates, anybody that you've always wanted to chat with and create a series or create a show or create a topic that has like five parts where you can feature different people and have it be like an interactive back and forth interview style kind of conversation. And what happens with that is when you collaborate, your audiences get to meet theirs, their audience gets to meet you, and it becomes this wonderful win-win situation where both of you can grow your audience, grow your community, and learn from each other. So whenever you can, do a collaboration, and that's a great way to start on content creation and doing videos. Collaborate to win-win. So a new thing that I'm doing is every week, I'm also going to come to you with a quote of the week. And for those of you that followed me last year, you know, one of my favorite quotes is to shine your light, right? Shine your light, share your message. And this week, 
It just so happens that yesterday with the inauguration, we had this amazing girl, girl, woman, woman. <laughs> um, and uh, she had this wonderful quote. She is the American um, laureate. What was her quote? She is the National Youth Poet Laureate. And so I want to come to you this week. My shine your light quote of the week is all about there is always light. If we're brave enough to see it and if we're brave enough to be it. And for those of you out there, I want to remind you that each one of you has a message to share. Each one of you has a voice that needs to be heard. And even if your audience is of one or of 10,000, your message deserves to be heard. And so be in contribution to your community, be in contribution to your organization, to your audience. And always remember that you have an important message to say. And I want all of you to remember to always shine your light and know that you are a light for someone. And that is my quote of the week. I hope that provides some inspiration to you to create content and to get out there and to share your message. Okay, without further ado, <laughs> so excited. Um, I am kicking off this year, as I mentioned earlier, on how we create. And this first episode that I'm launching 2021 with is with Mr. Brad McCormick. He is the principal of 10 Louder, past president of American Marketing Association, and adjunct professor of digital marketing at SMU. Brad, welcome to the Fanny Dunnigan Show. How are you? Thank you, Thank you Fanny. Happy New Year. Uh, happy, happy New Year, everybody. Yes, yes. I'm going to read your bio because it's an impressive bio. And, um, and for those of you that don't know him, he definitely connect with him. I'm going to pull up his LinkedIn feed while we're here. So look up Brad McCormick. He is a digital marketing strategist and principal at 10 Louder, a consulting firm helping companies of all sizes design more strategic, impactful marketing plans for their business. He is an agency veteran, so tons of marketing experience, having held leadership positions in public and private agencies in New York City, Austin, and Dallas, over two decades of designing digital and integrated marketing programs and campaigns. And get this, these are some of his clients from Lego to McDonald's to Samsung, Johnson & Johnson, CISO, Smokey the Bear. We'll have to talk Smokey about that. Smokey Bear, not oh, Smokey, Smokey the Bear. Smokey Bear, we'll talk Thank about you. that. Yes, Indianapolis <laughs> 500, US Department of Homeland Security, and he also helps startups and SMBs. So for those of you out there that want to plan out your marketing strategy for 2021, you are not going to want to miss this episode. He also teaches at SMU doing the digital marketing strategy and performance management course each semester. And uh, he's also a scrum master and board member of the American Marketing Association, where you and I met, Brad. Yes, right? yes. I also yes. say that I am I am a professional amateur because I by no means have all the answers. I'm still trying to figure this out. Things are moving so quickly, so um, I by no means have all the answers. I'm a professional amateur. I get paid to. to <laughs> and that's why we have these conversations, yeah. so we can learn. And um, I think one of the greatest things we can do as human beings is is this ability to learn and and keep on growing. So Absolutely. I Absolutely. I thought there was. No better person, Brad, to talk to, to kick off 2021 all around creating marketing strategies. Um, but tell me how you kind of got started. How did you get this, this passion for marketing? Like, where did, where did this come from? Um, uh, so one thing is I've always been, been interested in everything. Um, I think I was one of those kids, you know, what are you going to be when you grow up? What are you going to be when you grow up? And I wanted to be a bunch of stuff, a bunch of things. Um, but I knew I didn't want to be bored. I, I had this fear 
of growing up, of being an adult and, you know, this birth, school, work, death, and you have to work a job for, for 40 uh, years of your life and so forth. And I remember, um, I'm going to date myself, but uh, probably in the early 80s, I saw a movie with Tom Hanks um, called uh, Nothing in Common. And in that movie, Tom Hanks played an advertising executive. And I remember there was a scene where he's literally in his office um, throwing pencils up at the, at the ceiling, trying to get them to stick, coming uh-huh. up with the ideas. Um, and so from then on, I said, I wanted to go into advertising. Um, mm. and I think in school, I got a little jaded with advertising. I was like, I'm gonna, you know, my, my job is gonna get people, I'm, my, I'm gonna spend all of my time, my creativity, getting people to buy stuff they don't need. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like that's a great way to spend the rest of your life. Um, yeah. But I, uh, at school at UT, I was the proctor of the advertising lab. So I taught mm. people how to use Photoshop and Illustrator, all that stuff. And then um, I moved to New York City in 1999 to follow my girlfriend, now wife up there. I did have a job. Um, I taught myself HTML. Um, and literally the first, the first job I got was for a circus. If anyone knows New York City, the Big Apple Circus, that was my first job. Um, but I really wanted to go into digital, this whole like interactive thing. And so my wife knew someone that knew someone and I got a job for a big agency. Uh, my first job was cleaning up the storage room. Um, <laughs> got to start but, somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very glamorous. Um, but uh, it was fascinating because like digital was this, this new territory that no one knew and, and it's kind of the wild west. And since I've, since I've um, been doing it, I, the passion I have is that marketing literally combines economics and mm. psychology and mm. technology uh and obviously art and design persuasion uh, uh corporate culture and all this stuff all together every day it's always changing um so uh, i'm not i really enjoy it and that's that's my passion for marketing yeah and it shows like every time i talk to you i feel your enthusiasm for marketing oh. and i love it i love it I mean, um, but too often brad like we we have all these like misconceptions and like you know misunderstandings around marketing and um you know we were we were discussing like marketing myths right yes. i think a lot of times like oh marketing's the same as sales and marketing is just like ads and it's just some you know like what what is your definition of marketing and and what are common myths that you hear? I mean, um, I mean, there's a lot. Marketing is, uh, it's a big word. You know, it's like uh, everyone has their own definition. I mean, ultimately it's, you know, how do you create demand for your product or service and build equity for your company? Um, and what's interesting is it used to be, depending upon if you're B2B or B2C, uh, you just had to make something. Like if you like made, uh, a hot dog, they're like the only hot dog at the grocery store and people would buy it. Or, you know, in B2B, if you're the only supplier of a certain medical device, people would buy it. Um, and because of, you know, cost of production and so forth, there's just more competition yes. for nearly every single category. There's more so things much choice. to Yes, yeah, so much choice. And so how do you, even if you have the world's best product, how do you get people to know about it? Um, mm-hmm. I think that in a nutshell is marketing, but it's so much more than that. I think a myth of marketing is that marketing is advertising. It's yeah. not. Um, you know, I, and I think a big myth. So one thing I tell my clients is it's very, very, very easy to waste money in marketing. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly easy to waste money. And a lot of people think that marketing is just uh, buying Facebook ads <clears throat> or buying um, Google ads. And if yeah. it was that simple, if, if marketing was as simple or digital marketing was as simple as buying Facebook ads or Google ads, uh, there'd be no bankruptcies. There'd be zero <laughs> unemployment. Literally, and everyone would be like driving yeah. around Teslas and so forth. Um, so I ultimately think, and I told my class this, marketing is hard. And when I say marketing is hard, it is really hard. It's easy to buy ads on Facebook and Google and LinkedIn. I think it's really hard with a finite budget and finite resources to spend money in a way that creates valuable business outcomes over the long run and do that day in and day out. It's incredibly difficult. And I think a lot of people um, misconstrue marketing activity. Like, so we're going to redesign our website and we're going to do content marketing with actually building um, demand. Um, So that's just step one. uh, Absolutely. A myth of marketing. 
I've got a million of these. <laughs> well, another thing is over the years, like I'm, I, I, well, I was born in 1974. Okay. So people can do the 75. math. I was 75. <laughs> right. And, and over the years, right. We've gone from newspaper ads to um, learning about brands from TV and, um, you know, commercials and all these kind of traditional ways. And then obviously over the last few years, we are now learning about brands from influencers and digital and all these social media platforms. And like, and, and it gets really confusing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. how would you define and, and what have you seen, you know, across this progression from traditional all the way to these days, like digital marketing? Well, I mean, I think, um, I think one thing I'm passionate about <clears throat> is strategy. So in case you guys haven't noticed, the world is getting more complicated. The world's getting more complex. Uh, marketing's getting more comp complex. Politics is getting more complex. Being a parent, Fanny and I just had a conversation, is getting more complex. Um, but it doesn't mean it has to be complicated. And I, and I make this distinction between complexity and something being complicated. And uh, part of my passion is instilling strategy. And strategy is a way of simplifying all this complexity in the way um, to get you from point A to point B. But on your, I think uh, your question, um, the best marketing in the world is word of mouth. Mm. Um, and, even, and, and, and I think even that people are starting to be skeptical of, but um, yeah. you, at the end of the day, like whether, and I know we'll talk about small businesses, mean businesses and so forth, you have to have happy customers. Yeah. Um, and I tell, and, and people's expectations, that's another thing about how complicated it is, People's expectations are getting higher and higher and higher. There's a um, there's a famous book um, I teach in my class. I think it's called um, "A Happy Customer Will Tell Five People, and an Unhappy Customer Will Tell 500. Yeah, and that's just like that's just the nature. And you know, if if you're a hotel chain and they clean the room and they make the bed, and mm -hmm. someone checks in, no one's gonna go to TripAdvisor saying, "Oh my God, the hotel room was clean. This is great," and so forth. Like right. that's just that's the expectation. Yeah. So like if one thing's missing or there's a stain or something, they instantly go on to uh, we'll take a photo, post it. <laughs> right. Right. And yeah. so it's just like just running a business and trying to meet people's expectations is becoming harder and harder. And so a lot of marketing is not just about getting the customers. What's the shift is it's post-purchase and it's as important what happens after people open the box. And that's when you know, Apple Cab revolutionized that the CX of opening the box, that's mm -hmm. equally as important as buying Facebook ads. Um, wow. Do you consider that part of like, you know, CX and customer experience? Or do you think that's also a part of marketing? I mean, I think marketing is a big, big word. Um, mm. You know, I think Peter Drucker, someone said the purpose of a business to, is to create a customer. Um, and that's, and then ultimately marketing is the act of creating customers. Now I'm also talking marketing yeah. from the big M. So that's product design, that's mm. pricing, uh, that's certainly promotion, that's place. Uh, it's interesting. Oh, uh, we had the, the national president of, uh, the American Marketing Association come and he's going to redefine all this stuff. And, you know, ultimately it's, um, it's not about product. Ultimately what you're selling is, is people's time. And uh, it's now about place. It's about it's omni-channel. But uh, I think marketing is ultimately how an organization creates value in the marketplace. That's mm. marketing. Oh, wow! Lots to work with on that <laughs> on that definition. I mean, it's such a big subject. We could talk it all is. day, Danny. I mean, Actually, I would love to hear from the audience. Okay, in one sentence. What do you in the audience think marketing is? What is your definition of marketing? Um, let's try to do it in one sentence. Let me know in the comments below. And I would love to you know, post that. And we can have a little discussion around that as well, Brad. Um, yeah, even in the audience, Jason, Jason Hopper. Hey, Jason. Word of mouth can create opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in a way, I guess word of mouth traditionally has now transitioned to influencer marketing, right? Like these influencers have built trust, right? So outside of our friends saying, hey, Fanny, this dentist is great. Go to this dentist, right? Because I trust my friend. Now, if I'm following an influencer around a certain 
shoes or fashion, mm -hmm. and over time I trust their opinion, they have influence on me and they have influence on me wanting to buy something, right? Yeah, and what's interesting is that we're seeing a fragmentation in the culture, just so everything's fragmented. So even influencer marketing, it used to be like you would want like Kim Kardashian or Kyle Jenner or which is the one that did that? It's a couple of years ago, there's a Pepsi commercial. And there's one oh, of the it's Jenner, something Jenner, yeah. Right, yeah. and there was like lots of blowback. Yeah. And what we're seeing is like um, the rise of these micro influencers. And so it's mm -hmm. less about having followers, it's more people that can authentically represent your brand. Yes. And influencer marketing, it used to be, you know, I'll pay one or two influencers and tell them what to say, and that's easy. Dude, mm -hmm. now influencer marketing, you've got to like manage 10, 20, hundreds of influencers, all of these micro-influencers at scale. Um, and that's another example of the complexity of marketing. I think if you have the right strategy, it doesn't have to be complicated, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, word of mouth. But you know, at the end of the day, one of my passions is talking to customers and you know, um, understanding you know, insights. And I don't care if you're selling vodka or if you're selling uh, an enterprise software system. If you ask yeah. someone, hey, why would you buy this? Or why would you consider this? Or why did you choose this brand? Nine times out of 10, it's always like uh, someone told me to. Mm. Even, even before they go to Google, they'll yeah. say, yeah, my friend told me. And there's no escaping that. And that's yeah. ultimately marketing is, marketing is like, how do you create a happy customer? That's what mm. it is. I love yeah. that. We're getting some definitions in here. Uh, Jason says, marketing is branding. Mike Rochelle says, marketing is about defining value for the customer. Chuck says, promoting an image for a product or service or person. Uh, Rashida. Hey, Rashida. <laughs> She's, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Great to see hey, you Rashida. Here. Hey, I was going to say something. <laughs> marketing is telling a story. Love it. Yes, Lawrence. Yep. Marketing is building your brand. Um, what do you think, Brad, of those? What, what resonates with you? I mean, I think all of that's true. I've got this like, um, you know, I actually just posted this on LinkedIn. I think, so most people know strategy versus tactics. It's pretty mm -hmm. simple. Strategy yeah. is a recipe and tactics are the ingredients. But like, what about strategy versus strategy? So you've got business strategy, you've got content strategy, you've got email strategy, you've got brand strategy, all this stuff. Yeah. So for my clients, we, we have like, it's called the strategy staircase. And mm -hmm. you start off, in my opinion, with business strategy. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the thing about that is, uh, I tell my class, you can have the world's best marketing and brand campaign, but if your business strategy is off, it won't be successful. So case in point, if you were doing marketing for Blockbuster Video 15 years ago or 10 years ago, and you had like influencers and, and Kim Kardashian and Kanye West and so forth and all this amazing marketing, but because their business strategy was just off, they went out of business, right? Yeah. So you always have to start with business strategy and understand how you're competing, how you're creating value. Then to me goes brand strategy. And I do see a distinction between brand and marketing strategy. Mm. Um, then you do market strategy. Market strategy derives from your brand strategy. Then you do channel strategy, mm. which is how do you bring the marketing strategy to life through different channels, multi-channel world? How do you make that part? Uh, the whole grid of the parts, and then you go down to like tactical execution, which in and of itself, just the 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 art of executing marketing plans um, is massive. And you know, one of the things we do at Tim Louder, we don't spend that much time on marketing strategy. It's mostly getting a little marketing strategy and then testing the hell out of it, pushing uh, pushing out into the marketplace. Mm. Um, the other thing about branding is there's that. Actually, that real quick, I just want to summarize yeah, what yeah. you said for people because I think it's really important because. I know people tuned in this week to, to oh, yes. set their marketing strategy for the year. So yeah. I love this, right? You called it a strategy la ladder, right? Strategy, strategy staircase. It's like strategy staircase. If you think so like the, the parent, the parent and the child, like the grandfather is business strategy. And then business, business strategy business strategy has a baby called brand strategy. Brand. And then brand strategy has a baby called marketing strategy. Marketing, marketing. strategy has babies called channel strategy. Channel. And then channel strategy is tactical execution. Love it. What's, it. what's interesting is the larger the organization, the less those parts talk to each other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've I've worked in organizations, I've worked for organizations where the person that does organic search doesn't talk to the person that does paid search or sales doesn't talk to 
um, marketing, we've all been aware of that. Yeah. Our social media doesn't talk to IT that does the website. Yeah. And that's what I mean by tactical execution, that increasingly it's less the marketing strategy and it's your organization's ability to actually execute it. Mm. Um, and that's a big trend here um, mm. I've seen. Yeah. So, But you, but no, you have right. to know how all those things fit together before you, yeah. you know. Yeah, definitely. And I did have a question I saw, like, what is the difference between marketing and sales? Real quick. Um, I would say less, clear it up in the air. Yes. Um, I think, you know, not less and less. Um, one thing about me, I don't, I don't believe in either or I believe in both. So, um, you know, I don't, it's not nurture versus nature. It's both. I would even say it's not Democrat versus Republican. It's both. And I don't think it's marketing versus sales. It's both. Um, if there's any difference, it's probably the funnel and marketing is top of funnel sales is the bottom of the funnel, but this like, us against them, uh, rivalry and organizations between marketing and sales, that is, you, you've got to get rid of that. Um, I've done like digital transformation work, you know, for clients. And literally there's this idea of like the maturity index. And you'll look at a company's maturity, almost like you're a toddler. And like, mm -hmm. you guys are fighting with each other. Like, dude, you're supposed to go out and gain market share and you won't like share a PowerPoint. So um, yeah. I think I, I think there's more and more similarities than differences between marketing and sales. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, sales is responsible for closing the deal, um, but it needs to be a partnership. There needs to be, as you said, more collaboration. It's a big word. Yeah. yeah. And you know, moving forward, speak, speaking of sales, right? A big part yep. of sales is the ads that drive it. Right. And, you know, tying in with your your channel strategy, right? Some platforms are great for ads right now. From what I understand, Facebook is still great for ads. Correct me if I'm wrong. And then at the same time, uh, you mean, you mean paying money to Facebook. Yeah, they'll take your money all day. It's great. Facebook is great. If you want to spend money? Go to Facebook. Go to Facebook. And at the same time, there's still some channels and platforms that have great organic reach, right? Yep, like, yep. So as we kind of start to think about money and our dollars and what we're going to spend it on in 2021, like where should we direct our attention on things that we pay, like paid ads, or should we still pursue things that are have great organic reach? I mean, um, great question. And one thing I'll tell my class, and this is not a cop-up, but it depends, you know, it depends on your category, your budget and so forth. Uh, but going back to what I said before, it's not either or, it's not paid or organic. You have to do both. And this is this is one of the challenges of modern marketing. There's so much complexity. And again, it, you just can't say, let's go buy ads on Facebook and we're gonna gain market share. Um, or, and you also just can't say, we're gonna go add some, some content to our site and gain search. You have to do both. Mm -hmm. um, it's fat, you know, ultimately what we say is there's two types of marketing strategies. Um, the first strategy is harvesting existing demand for your category. And search is fantastic at this. So every day people go, and that's why Google is so massive. Every day people go to Google searching for your category. And so one strategy is how do we appear at that point? And, and usually it's like, let's buy Facebook ads or let's buy Google ads, let's buy Google ads and so forth. The other strategy is how do you um, create, how do you generate demand specifically for your brand? So there's one is harvesting existing demand for your category, which is fast and kind of easy. And, and I, I don't want to take that the wrong way versus slowly building demand for your brand, which is slow. And, uh, you know, and the analogy I use in my class is the turtle versus the hare, you know, mm -hmm. you know, and the race between the rabbit, mm -hmm. um, ultimately you need both. And, um, and that's where brand is so important because if you invest in building brand equity and I think brand equity is less about paid, it's definitely more about paid on and earned. It's a lot about the customer experience that allows your company to have more resilience because brand becomes an asset. And like, I'm willing to spend a little bit more, more money for an iPhone than an Android. It's almost the, I mean, dude, Samsung makes the chips in Apple, but because it's an Apple, they can charge so much more money. So I don't think it's paid versus organic. I think it's both. And you have to take a very holistic viewpoint um, and make it all fit together. Got it. And well, I love that how you kind of broke it down, like two types of marketing strategies, right? So just yeah. to summarize for those in the audience. So one is 
harvesting existing demand. So we know what we want, right? Yeah. Like so, so every day black every day, shoes, black high heel shoes or something, right? Like right. and that's the, and that's the art of yes, mm -hmm. and that's the art of paid, uh paid search, organic and so mm -hmm. forth. Mm -hmm. And then and then um and then building demand for your brand. Just for you, like for for a certain brand or name, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and then, and then in my opinion, channel strategy. So that's what kind of marketing strategy channel strategy is there's multiple, there's thousands of ways of doing those two strategies. Mm -hmm. And so the art of marketing strategy is how do you create all these different channels and make them work together in such a way that you're either advancing number one or number two. And ultimately you need to do both because number one is going to get you clicks and leads in the short term. But number two is going to allow you to build resilience and brand value in the long term. And then imagine doing that when you have finite budget, you have finite resources, and you have a very demanding boss and a teenager that just won't call you back <laughs> all at the same time. And that is my life. The juggle, the juggle. <laughs> Yeah. So for those of you in the audience, make sure you post your questions in the comments for Brad, because he, as you can slowly start to tell, right, he's a master at this, oh, lots of content, lots of um, knowledge and experience here. So post your comments in or post your questions in the comments so we can get those to Brad. Um, I saw one and highlighted when we do Facebook ads, will it work if we do it ourselves or should we hire a professional? That's another thing. Yeah. When do we, at what point do we do something ourselves? And at what point do we decide to like, just hand it over to an expert? You know, I, um, I'm, I have a blog post I'm working on and I don't know if it's hundred percent correct, but it poses the question, are ad agencies, the new travel agencies? And so what I mean by that is 15 or 20 years ago, 25 years ago, if you wanted to book a flight to Tahiti, yeah. you couldn't buy, book a flight yourself because, you know, airfares, hotels in Tahiti, all that stuff, that information was guarded. It was secret. All these, these people called travel yeah. agents had it. Yeah. And then, and then through digital, it was a democratization of like airline rates and so forth. It brought costs down. And like, there are still travel agencies, don't get me wrong, yeah. but they're probably reserved for more affluent families that, mm -hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So there's always going to be ad agencies. Don't get me right. But yeah. like, I see a lot of companies pay these agencies money to buy Facebook ads mm -hmm. or to buy Google ads and they will charge a 20% commission. And literally all the work, which is optimization is done by the algorithm on Facebook and done by the algorithm on, on YouTube. And, you know, you have to, I think there's a lots of skepticism with agencies. Like what value am I getting? And too many agencies, and I've worked in the agency world my whole career, they're literally taking your money and then giving it to Mark Zuckerberg. And then like, give me 20% for doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, and so I'm passionate about the idea of like, you need to, before you start spending money, you need to have a plan. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, that said, I, I think there's a lot of things that brand, that companies used to give to agencies that they need to bring in house. Um, but there's a lots of you know, skepticism about P and L's and so forth. Uh, and this is where I could go all day. It's changing so rapidly. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I mean, like, let's say we have a budget, right? Like yeah. we're, we're in January, 2021. I honestly, like how do we set our budget? And then when we do have a budget, where should we be spending our marketing dollars? Like what, what will have like a good ROI you think as we enter 2021? So I definitely think spending the money on making a plan. Like, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Oh, it's a plan. <laughs> I, I cannot tell you how many people are like, well, let's redesign our website. Like sales are down. No one's buying our products. Let's just redesign our website, you know? And maybe that is right. But I actually worked with a company last week and like, well, how is that going to advance your business strategy? Mm -hmm. And then like, they literally paid this agency to redo, redo the site, but the agency, and I also see this, there's, there's lots of siloed thinking. Like sometimes the web agency, they don't do conversion rate optimization or the conversion rate optimization, uh, the conversion rate optimization agency doesn't do search and they don't connect mm -hmm. the dots. So mm -hmm. I think that the most important thing is like um, have a plan. Like, and what is a measurement of success? 
what business outcomes. One of the things I tell my classes, uh, my classes, whether you're internal or external, there's probably a boss. There probably is some gatekeeper that's approving the budget or that's scrutinizing what you do. And I said, before you start, understand what needs to happen for that person to be happy. Mm -hmm. Essentially for that person to take you out for drinks and like, you know, <laughs> cheers to Fanny. Cause like Fanny did this. I can't believe it. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I, you know, I put this line in the sand and we exceeded it. Like, what is that thing? Um, and that's probably related to the business strategy and the business goals. And once you understand that, then ask, is it realistic for us to affect that? And there are ways of like, you know, mapping certain uh, marketing activity, the certain business outputs, but like start with the plan. Um, and then look at measurements of success and then yeah. whether it's a boss or a client or something, what it'll take to get that approval. And not to plug myself. I got this digital marketing is an elephant where I go through all this. I have this PB ghost plan. So I teach, I could go all day, but yeah. Um, yeah. We're definitely going to highlight that. I want people to know about that. Um, yeah. so as we, you know, my audience kind of cuts across a whole spectrum, right? From yeah. Small business owners, solopreneurs, founders, independent coaches yep. to kind of mid-market, maybe 50 to 100 employees, maybe even 500 employees, and then all the way to enterprise level, right? Corporate mm -hmm. professionals. Um, and I'm sure like for each one of those, there's a different strategy, right? Um, and I would love to kind of hear from you Let's start with small, right? If yep. I'm a business owner or solopreneur or just like an independent coach, right? Um, mm -hmm. What are some of the things I should consider for marketing in 2021 and, and any tips and advice you have for small business owners? Well, I, I think um, uh, one, I think we know this and it's kind of a uh, cap up, like you have to spend money to make money. And there's just like, there's no way around that. Uh, like we said before, there's so much competition and whatnot. Um, it's interesting, the AMA publishes, and I have the data, but they'll look at every year they survey businesses from I think $3 million in revenue up to $2 billion in revenue. And they'll break it down by industry, number of employees, amount of revenue generated um, online versus offline. And they'll ask them how much of your overall corporate you know, business budget goes to marketing or how much of your revenue goes to marketing. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, sometimes the smaller you are, the more money you have to spend on marketing because you're, you're just not known. Um, uh, there's more competition. Um, so, and it's hard to say, Hey, here are the things you have to do for every single, um, uh, every single category. I would yeah. say for small businesses, no, it's really easy to lose money. Um, I, I had someone last night and they have an agency and like the agency will send them these decks with all this data of like Facebook, you know, um, uh, CPMs and pay-per-click and so forth. And like, dude, we're not getting any business. And it looks like the agency's doing something. So I think number one is it's really easy to lose money. Um, I'm assuming everyone has a website that's talking to us right now. Yeah. So um, the easiest thing is always look at your balance. Post your rate. websites in the comments yeah. below. If you're a but, small business owner, share that in the comments. But but on your website, look at your bounce rate and um, benchmark it against your competition in your category and look at your conversion rate. And mm -hmm. you know, one thing is just beat the benchmarks. So like what is okay. your what, repeat what that bounce rate? What else? Bounce, and conversion rate. Those are the two biggest, you know, for the performance of your website, your goal is to get bounce rate down. Bounce rate is the percentage of visitors that come to your site. Um, I'm quoting Avinash Kashidik from uh, Google. It's the number of people that come to your site, look around, literally vomit on their keyboard and leave. Um, but no, it's people like they come to your site, they don't click anything, they don't yeah. fill out a form, they just go, they go. Yeah. Um, the average bounce rate is about 50%, maybe 45. Um, it's it, If anyone says they have a bounce rate lower than 30, they're probably lying to you. Um, and you can like type in bounce rate benchmarks, whatever, and you'll find a bunch of studies. Um, I have one client, they have 100,000 organic visitors every year. It's amazing, but they have an 86% bounce rate. 
So like they built, they built these pages full of content. So they're ranking organically beautifully, but because it's full of content, when you go there, it's confusing. And you're like, we're you lost. have no idea where to, yeah. and they're just lost. Um, so I think the first thing is like, look at your bounce rate and look at your, um, uh, look at your conversion rate. And then two is test the waters. So you want to quickly, um, from a paid standpoint, establish your cost per lead. And the easiest way to get qualified traffic to your site is doing paid, even though I kind of like poopod Google. I mean, Google is massive. So look at your keywords and say, okay, five bucks, a, you know, if I pay Google $2 a, a click or five bucks a click, I can get someone to my site, but can I actually get them to take whatever action I want them to take? And you do that for, um, you know, depending, depending upon your traffic, maybe eight weeks and you've established your cost per lead. And then the rest of the lead, you're, you're trying to get that cost per lead down. Mm. Um, that alone, that's like 12 months of work to do it right. Your A-B yeah. testing, different content, all that stuff. And if you're a small business owner, you're, you're trying to research all of this yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and learn it along the way because if you're I in the business of like, I mean, I mean, ultimately business is competition. And if you want to grow, it's like, you know, running a faster mile in the marathon or being a better basketball team. Like it takes commitment. Mm -hmm. And if, if I said, well, winning the Super Bowl, it's just about diet and exercise. It is diet and exercise, but it's a lot of just practice and day in and day out and having that commitment. Um, and so that's from a small business owner, look at your bounce rate, look at your conversion rate, yeah. establish a cost for lead and get that thing down. Awesome. There we go website, bounce rate, conversion rate, um, cost per lead, and research keywords. Yep. Um, so that's for small organizations. Now, what about medium? So we start to have you know, more of a marketing budget. We can maybe afford to hire an in-house marketing person yep. or maybe have like a monthly maintenance package maybe with an agency. So what, what, what's your strategy and tips for medium-sized companies? So um, all companies were at one time small companies. <laughs> so, so the point is all the stuff I said for a small company, you have to continue to do that as a medium-sized company and a big company. I think you know, we've heard lots about growth marketing and startups being nimble and so forth. That's not just for startups, that's for medium-sized businesses and that's for large-scale businesses, like adopting this, this iterative agile approach. So all the stuff I said for small companies, medium-sized companies need to adopt as well. However, medium-sized companies, I think you, that's where you start really building your brand. So going back to the, there's the strategy of harvesting existing demand and that's conversion rate optimization, that's cost per lead and so forth. I think medium-sized businesses, your revenue's growing. So therefore you have a bit more just raw numbers, money to spend on marketing. That's where you're starting to look at channels and activations that builds your brand equity, what actually makes you top of mind. So if I think of black shoes, I think of fanny shoes. Or if I think of hot sauce, I think of Tabasco and so forth. Mm. So um, now to do that, I think to do that, you have to break down silos in your organization. Even if there's even if there's one marketing person. I, I worked with so many where they're an island unto themselves. Yeah. No one talks to them. They're like the arts and crafts department. Meanwhile, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah those airy like, fairy people in the marketing department, right? Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, business strategy is like going full steam, and there's all these conversations about how, as an organization, are we going to compete? And then you've got like the arts and crafts person there in the corner, and that's part of the the the, the strategy staircase. You've got to connect all those dots. If if you're going to start competing and you're going to by lowering your price or you're going to start competing by having diversified services, that is a conversation to have with the marketing person. So I think for small for medium-sized businesses to really start building brand equity, you've got to break down silos. And it could be from between marketing and business strategy. It could be between sales and marketing. It could be between PR and the digital team. Um, that And it's tough. But we know, and there's studies I can show you, the best way to build brand equity is to have an integrated media campaign. And we've heard this paid, owned, and earned a lot. Um, and everyone like, oh, that's an old term. I totally believe in that, paid, owned, and earned. But there's a difference between like, you know, taking all the ingredients and just dumping them in the, in the pan 
versus having a recipe and knowing when to turn on paid, when to turn on owned, and when to turn on, on earned. For larger agents, for larger companies, sometimes you have one agency that does paid and you have one agency that does earned and then maybe owned as internal. And those people don't talk to each other. Yeah. So going back to the start of this, of what you said, it's all about collaboration. Mm. So meme-sized businesses, a lot of marketing, I think is less what happens externally and more what, ha what happens internally at the organization. Got it. Yeah. Which actually reinforces Again, like I love this, your, your strategy staircase, right? It really, I can really see the integration across it all yeah. and the importance of the integration across it all. It all should be aligned, yeah. Yes. Um, I want to take like a little detour real quick before we get yeah. to large organizations because yeah. we, channels, platforms, like <laughs> there's so many to choose from right now, right? Yeah. Um, I would love to like do a quick like back and forth with you um, where yeah. I'm going to shout out a platform and I would love to get your like one or two minutes, you know, thoughts around okay. each of these platforms. <laughs> Before we do, just imagine if we were like military commanders and you're like, okay, we want to win the war. I'm going to shout out different types of bullets. And you tell me like, is this bullet better <laughs> to win the war than that bullet? Like, you know, I can only... It depends. Like, you know, is this real warfare? Are we in the jungle? Or like, we're, 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 I'm going to throw it at you. This is your test of the day, Brad. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I saw one in the comments. Twitter. Your thoughts about Twitter and who should be using it? This is going to be my answer for everything. It depends. Um, I, I refuse to accept the answer. <laughs> no, no, it's right. We have... Um, I'm working with a day trading platform. And so on day trading, Twitter's massive. Mm. And you know, we were like, hey, should we go in there and so forth? And um, a lot of it too is your company's risk tolerance. Because I think like to do Twitter right and to have A, there's a huge commitment. B, it's gonna be a long time before you see results. Um, but and I'm probably it's probably escaping me. There are probably some categories where Twitter is perfect, um, but I think you go, you do Twitter after you've got your cost per lead down, you've mm -hmm. got conversions where they need to be and, and the bounce rate where it needs to be. So many people are just so anxious, like, well, our market is not performing well, let's go on Twitter. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and that's like saying, you know, we're not, we're not winning the war, so let's change the type of bullets we fire. Um, What's a good, what are generally the audience on Twitter that you've noticed? I mean, I think it's changing. I think um, uh, the po political, it's its a lot of news. It is a huge amount of news, but there are definitely like legitimate subcultures around like, um, I mean, there's lots of B2B tech. There's lots of legitimate B2B tech conversations yes. that are rich and they're happening um, and they're like prolific with hashtags and so forth. Mm. Um, you know, and that goes with, you mean listening? I mean, nothing. At the end of the day, all that strategy staircase—it's all built on customer understanding. Yeah. So it's like fish with the fish are. Um, I, I, I wish I could say, "Hey guys, here's the plan. Like, here's your business. Here's the yeah. marketing plan." And like, it's just—it's that's the work. It's not that simple. Um, no. No. I, um, what about Facebook? Uh, I think Facebook is uh, extraordinary and and it's massive, and I think it's still very much. They're still. Is this still relevant? Do you still feel Facebook is relevant? So, so that's what I was saying earlier. There's a fragmentation. Mm. And I think sometimes as just people, we want these simple answers like yeah. Facebook or Twitter. And like the answer is you have to do all of it, right? Like, mm. again, it's like, do I do diet or do I do exercise? And like, you do both. Like, <laughs> you, have do, you have to do all of it. So but we have uh, only finite time. <laughs> Agreed. And so, and, and ultimately, like I told every company wants to grow, growth requires resources and resources are finite. Mm. So that's where you have to be very strategic in where you invest your dollars. And mm -hmm. so many people are like, well, let's just buy Facebook ads. And dude, Facebook ads are perfect for certain type of companies. They're great for uh, direct to consumer kind of impulse buys mm -hmm. where you don't even care what the brand is. It's like, dude, binoculars made out of fuzzy dice. I'm going to buy one. You know, yeah, yeah. like it's, it's great for like impulse buys, Got but like it. if you're trying to build something like with brand equity and like no one's going to buy a 5,000 pair of like 
I don't know, Rolex watch from a Facebook yeah. ad. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Got it. Instagram. Huge. Awesome. Um, mm. I mean, I, I think, uh, I think it's fascinating how much, how important design has become this equity, this, um, We're such visual uh, creatures. Right? Yes, I you guys beautiful it, things. Like, does everyone want to hear a quick, cool story? Right, let's I'm gonna, do it. So there's this amazing book called The Substance of Style. I forget her name. She's actually from Dallas, and it's all about, you know, there's that saying that you know, style is only a skin deep. And she's like, no, style is has this huge economic imperative that people don't understand. This is written like 15 years ago. And at the time she was talking about the difference between Target and Walmart. Or like Apple and Microsoft, like, you know, Target and Apple were these beautiful design brands. Anyhow, she talked to a story about Afghanistan and the fall of the Taliban. So uh, I'm getting political here. Taliban, they like restricted all of these freedoms and so forth. So when the Taliban left, there was this expectation that the first thing the people of Afghanistan was going to do is they would like build libraries or they would build courts. or they would build like all of these hallmarks of democracy. No, first thing they did it was like beauty salons. It was, um, it, it, it was places to like express yourself. Yeah. And she's like, it's this core innate human need mm. of design. It's how we like, is that poison or not poison? So I think Instagram is the perfect culmination of like our society is just becoming more and more visual. And um, mm. I, I, can, I can get like really heady really quick. We're just becoming visual creatures. We are. And, we are. And, and our yes. language and, and it's a fantastic and, but it's also very global. I think we all take for granted how you can like upload a picture and then your friend in Poland likes it. Yeah. And then your one in Japan, I think that's, it's still amazing that it happens. I think it's a fantastic platform. Two more real quick. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, Clubhouse, right? That's like this new oh, that's the, thing um, invite, right now, the, the invite, audio. Yes. Have yes, you tried um, it yet? I am not cool enough. I know people <laughs> have, but I'm not got it. Um, I, I, I do know that audio is becoming more and more relevant. Podcast, and there's a whole, yeah. <laughs> well, there's a whole thing of how, um, you know, for search engine optimization, now you want to answer, you want to win the the answer box. That's where if you, it's like the zero click search, you can type in black shoes, Google will give you that answer. Mm. And apparently that's all to train their, um, their algorithms in natural language because everything is going to become voice. Wow. You've heard the stats like 20, 25% of uh, searches are now voice searches. So the wow. fact that we have. Because we're um, asking Siri. Like. Yeah, all that. Yeah. So, um, mm. uh, and, and like for me and you, uh, maybe doing voice search is weird. But like for my daughters, it's like, dude, why wouldn't you do it? It's so second it's nature. I watch so, my son, like, I can't answer a question. And he'll like immediately go, hey, Siri. And then he'll ask Siri. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I call that Siri now. It's fascinating how quickly the generations are changing. But anyhow, I think Clubhouse is the tip of the iceberg with with uh, audio, and yeah. we're going to see more and more of it. And um, there's a woman I work with at SMU, and she has a class teaching inform audio information architecture, and like wow. how do you how do you design the interface from an audio standpoint when you're like, hey Siri, what's a good pizza brand? And like, and it's actually, I mean, there's logic there. Um, wow. I'm not cool enough for very uh, fascinating. And then last, LinkedIn. Your thoughts of LinkedIn? I love LinkedIn. I think um, I think you know everyone says that was it's Siri, right. <laughs> What's that? That was Siri, wasn't it? Oh, it's Siri. I know. She's <laughs> eavesdropping. Uh, I think LinkedIn, I think I think business uh, business is the dominant institution on earth, and if we're going to make it out, it's it's going to be people being smarter business people and. The way to be a smarter business person is to collaborate and learn and see what your colleagues are doing. I think yeah. LinkedIn is a fantastic platform for that. And like any of the classic social media stuff, like you have to give value to the community and all that. Um, and apparently like, you know, you can still get a lot of, if you do good organic content, yeah. um, you'll get benefits. So I think it's great. Yeah. I, I mean, LinkedIn for business is still my obviously yeah favorite and, platform yeah and, and there's like legitimate like celebrities like i see stuff from richard branson that's like really thoughtful and he probably obviously has someone there but the fact that like mm -hmm. they're investing in that platform um I, I think it's fantastic it's like yeah. it's great so going back to our marketing strategy like let's finish off with 
So now for enterprise level corporations, right? Yep. Thousands yep. of employees, big brands. I mean, you you serve them as well, right? Like, yep. um, where should they be looking towards and planning towards and and evaluating? So you know, similar to all global enterprises were at one time a small or medium-sized business. Mm -hmm. So similar to adopt, um, work to adopt a lot of like the performance marketing of the, of a startup or a small company. Um, and then certainly this, this internal digital transformation of getting people to talk to each other. I mean, you think it's hard to get, you know, when you have a hundred employees or 50 employees, imagine 500,000 employees. Yeah. Um, so not 500, whatever that's, um, but you know, the two big t- trends is um, everyone knows about customer journey mapping, um, but we're I've seen this thing now. It's called service mapping, where it's the same rigor that you do for customer journey mapping pre-purchase, you uh, apply it post-purchase. Mm-hmm. And I think larger organizations are realizing at the end of the day, just like we said, a happy customer is the best marketing. Mm-hmm. And so, how do you how do you how do you ultimately marketing is about creating happy customers. How do you create um, happy customers in a sustained way for a $3 billion company? And so that's where service journey comes. And so that's looking at what happens the moment someone buys the product all the way to the time the person says, dude, you've got to buy this half million dollar ERP system or dude, this is the right hospital equipment and so forth. Um, So I think that's actually a brand new thing in the consulting world called service journey mapping. Um, the other thing is content is the fuel of marketing and content. There's a complexity. So if you're this massive company and you've got version controls and so forth. So I'm also seeing more, um, uh, trend toward this, uh, internal digital solution called digital asset management or dam. And it's almost like a content management system for all of an organization's internal, um, content pieces. Mm. Um, and a good analogy is that um, if you go into a Walmart, you know, there is a system of like where suit goes and where, you know, shoes go. And so if you have one stock person, it's not like when they, their shift ends, another stock, per, stock person comes in and says, I'll put the soup with the oil or I'll put this. Like there's a standardization. Yeah. Um, and also like when things are expired, so content gets expired. Um, and so seeing more and more organizations adopt these digital ad, larger organizations adopting these digital asset management systems, um, which ultimately is a horizontal because content, you've got public relations, you've got sales, you've got e-com and so forth. And oftentimes they have different uh, digital repositories, which creates its own headache, its own blah, blah, blah. So there's these systems where they'll connect the dots between everything. There's also learning efficiencies and so forth. So um, service design and digital asset management systems. <laughs> Folks, I got one tons more. of things to unpack here, but we are almost, well, we're, we're getting to the end of the show and I wanted to make sure that people know how to reach you, Brad. Um, yeah. So I wanted to pull up your two websites. Tell us yeah. what we can find when we go to digitalmarketingisanelephant.com and 10louder.com. So digital marketing is the elephant.com is a 90 minute. Uh, it's one of my classes from SMU where I lay out um, a eight step uh, framework for digital, for, for strategy. Um, and I guarantee at the end of that night, that 90 minutes, you'll know how to put together what I consider holistic digital marketing strategy that connects business strategy to brand strategy and marketing strategy and so forth. It's free. Um, I also teach a class online. Um, well, I now teach it online. And you, um, but you have to pay for that, but that's free. And then 10 louder is my consulting, uh, my consulting company. Awesome. Awesome. So there's so much to learn. Definitely reach out to Brad and, um, check out those websites. Now I really wanted to kind of like real quick, get two quick tips for you. This is something new that I want to do this year because I think a lot of content should be created for our heads and then also content for our hearts. And um, so I would love to get a tip from you real quick. What's a great tactical tip for us to implement um, that will feed our heads? And then what is an inspirational thing that you'd like to say for our hearts as we move forward? 
Um, so I think a tip for the head is, and this is a big one, that um, soft skills are as important, if not more important than hard skills. Um, and, and especially when we talk about collaboration, especially when we talk about connecting the dots, um, you know, soft skills like collaboration is a big word. Um, how do you diffuse a tense conversation among colleagues? Or how do you make someone who doesn't feel listened, who has really good ideas, how do you get them to trust to actually contribute? So that's for the heart, for the head. That's kind of for the heart. Um, and for the for the heart, um, I have actually been, I think, since the pandemic, but making a practice of it, meditating. And and it's not it, it's much more of like a mental um, um, a mental health type thing, and you'll see a lot. Lots of high performers and so forth, but uh, I'm a big fan of this author. He wrote *Sapiens*. Yuval Hari Nural. Someone may know that book, *Sapiens*, but he has a book called *21 Lessons for the 21st Century*. And the 21st lesson is like, take care of your own mind. And in this crazy world with Instagram and all the stuff we talked about and so forth, at least for me, I think for a lot of other people that try to do more with less, um, taking time out every day just to be in the moment and ground it and just feel um, very fortunate just to be breathing. Um, because I think every day is a gift and it's a crazy freaking world. And I saw a doctor said like, if you're alive, then 2020 was a good year. Um, <laughs> so yes. uh, we'll, we'll set our bar low. <laughs> yeah. I'm alive, so yay. I, I, I mean, it yeah. is. It, yes, yes, for sure, for sure. Yeah, um, thank you, Brad. I mean, I, we could easily talk for hours and um, and and still be going. But um, thank you for your time. And I do want to promote a few quick things right now as far as events. Um, one for all the IT professionals out there that are in my audience, the Association of Business Technology Professionals. Um, I saw Chuck in the comments and Mike Rochelle in the comments. They are our president, as well as the head of our business technology networking group. Uh, Tuesday, January 26th, we are going to have our guest, David Glazier from Infotech, which is very similar to like Gardner, a great research company. And he's going to talk all about emerging trends in technology. So go to www.abtpdfw.org and register for that. It will be virtual, so it will be free. And I will be broadcasting live on my channel as well from it. So tune in on January 26th for that. And then Brad, uh, yes. as a board member of American Marketing Association, why don't you tell us about this event? Uh, next, um, mark your calendars, next Wednesday, January 27th, we're going to be having Iris Diaz, who is the Chief Marketing Officer of the Dallas Mavericks, talk about um, how some of the challenges that the NBA and the Dallas Ma Mavericks and maybe Mark Cuban had to go through to pivot in COVID-19. Um, it is virtual as well, but that is our first uh, um, monthly luncheon. So January 27th at 12 p.m. and go to amadfw.com for more information. Absolutely. Speaking of Dallas Mavericks, um, next week, my guest on the show is going to be from the International Association of Venue Management. These are all the folks that look after all the stadiums, all the conference centers, wow. all the venues, big venues across the, you know, the U.S. and um, definitely impacted with COVID. But uh, they have a conference coming up talking about how to improve guest services and guest experiences at venues. So they will be my guests, Mark Herrera, as well as his associates at International Association of Venue Management. So they will be my guests next Thursday. So you'll definitely want to tune in for that, especially to see when we can go back to watching yeah. all these amazing events, right? The sense of community. How great it's going to be when we can actually just hang out together in the same room and we would treasure it so much more. Yeah. 
<laughs> every Don't moment, every moment. So thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning Happy in. Happy New Year. Fanny, thank you. Fanny, thank Happy you for this. New Year. Thank you for your time, Brad. Yes. Thank you, Anne, who has been off the charts in the comments. Uh, isn't she wonderful, folks? Drop a heart for Anne in the comments in there. Um, and thank you, Jason Hopper, Lawrence, Chuck, Yolanda, Rashida, all of you that I see in the comments. Thank you for engaging. Thank you for tuning in. And as I say, throughout every show, make sure you shine your light share your message with the world. And if it floats your boat, do it through video. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Brad. Everybody, have a Tune year. in next week.